Hi guys. Welcome. This is the 11th version of these NBA recaps I've been doing. My name's Ren City. I have a podcast, sports and shorts of sorts. Yeah, there's not enough room for all my NBA contacts, so I said, my NBA content, so you know what, I said, screw it, let's do my own episode, and this is the 11th one now, 11 recaps deep, let's, uh, let's jump right into this thing. Uh, we'll start in the Eastern Conference, like I usually do, and I start in uh, the Atlantic Division, and let's start with the best team in the Atlantic, the best team in the East, despite a recent blowout loss on national television, the Boston Celtics. Uh, last team in the league not to have a double-digit loss as of this podcast recording. Uh, they went 3-2 and two this past week, a very busy week, cramming five games in that week. They had some tough matchups. They beat a, a Jazz team that's been playing pretty damn good. We'll get more into them later, and... Uh, they follow that up by two straight games in Indianapolis. They'd win the first, but lose a tight one in the second. And then they'd head home, beat a tough T-Wolves team in overtime without Porzingis. And the thing with those back-to-back games and two nights, you know, the next night they'd go into Milwaukee and, excuse me, they got obliterated. You could tell the team was drained from that overtime win over the Wolves the night before, but... Despite that tired blowout loss, this team, they're they're the real deal, you know. They're a title contender when they're clicking, like Tatum and Brown were against the Wolves, like 45 and 35, respectively. Sky's the limit for this team. I, I have them, you know, number one rankings of the last few weeks, and we'll see where they are on this week's list. But uh, they've been consistent all year. Other than that fresh loss on TNT, it's fresh in your minds. It doesn't, it's not helping my argument here, but if you just take that out, you know, they're they're a legit team. They got the right recipe for a title. They just have to stay healthy. I think, you know, their biggest enemy right now is themselves or scheduling. Back-to-back seem to be there. <laughs> be tough on them. But uh, next up in the Atlantic, we'll go with the City of Brotherly Love. You know, a lot of people will be concentrating on the Eagles playoff game. But let's uh, let's watch these 76ers as well. Third in the Eastern Conference. They're uh, losers of three in a row right now, going 0-3 this past week. The big problem has been their biggest person, Joel Embiid. Hasn't been on the floor. He was on the floor for that loss against the Knicks, putting up big numbers in it, as he usually does. But he missed the next two games, a beatdown by the Utah Jazz, followed by a thrilling OT loss to the Hawks. Uh, Maxie's been balling out. Tyrese Maxie's been looking amazing, but he's needing his partner in crime to get some Ws. Uh... There's a Philly team with and without Embiid. With Embiid, slightly better than the other. There was some news on his injury with uh, on a podcast with ESPN's Ramona Shelburne. And I love Ramona, by the way, on Around the Horn and all her other, any work she does. But uh, they were calling this knee injury. She was saying it's the same one he had during the playoffs last year. You know, in the playoffs, you gotta go. It's the playoffs. But this is normally a four to six week injury. So that's troubling to hear, especially when Nick Nurse is wanting to go like pretty soon. I hate injuries. I'm hoping this lingering thing can just get some time to rest because you're going to want to see him in the playoffs. But. Oh, they're just so much better with him on the floor. And he's something to watch. He's one of the most exciting players in the league to watch. So there's some tough games coming up against the Kings, the Rockets, the Nuggets. They all got big big men on those teams. So we'll see uh, how Reed can do, how the Sixers can hold down the fort without Embiid in there. Because it's going to be tough without him. Like I said, especially against those type of big players. 
Next in the Atlantic, you have the city so nice, you got to say it twice. New York, the Knicks, they've been playing some good ball lately. They did just suffer a loss to the Lucas Mavs, but for that, they went on a five-game winning streak since acquiring OG Ananobi. They were 3-1 and one this past week, beat up on the 76ers, as I alluded to earlier. Then they'd run into some struggling teams, which helped them get some wins. They beat the Wizards and Blazers, and... Uh, they were down as much as 21 to the Mavs before Julius Randle caught fire in front of his home crowd there, where he's from. And uh, the Mavs would hold on to the victory, but you got to be pumped how the Knicks fought back in that one when they were down big. There were some people questioning that trade between the Knicks and the Raptors. I wasn't. I think it's going to be a win for both teams. But OG Ananobi's fit like a glove in New York. That's He's done it all. I love the fit. And the team's growing together. Brunson and Randall do their thing, and OG does the rest. His scoring has been up in some of these games, too. So kudos to them for making that move. And we'll stick with New York. We'll go to Brooklyn. They were 1-2 and two this past week, getting a surprising win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. They had a big lead early, and they were able to hold on for the win there. So good on the Nets for that. No one saw that coming. But then they'd lose a tough one at home in overtime to the Blazers before traveling to France to play the Cavs. And the game in Paris didn't really go the way the Nets wanted. They were down. They couldn't recover. And uh, like I said, all the season, this Brooklyn Nets team, they're tough to read. Some nights, Mikael Bridges looks like a consistent leader on this team. Then in other games, he disappears. You're like, WTF? I like the move of Cam Thomas to the bench. He's a gunner. So bringing him in, let him do his thing, you know. And if he's rolling, ride with him in the game. But it's good to have him coming off the bench. Lonnie Walker, too. That's a nice one, too, coming off the bench. But these starters need to be more consistent. Cameron Johnson's had some good games. But, you know, he hasn't been the consistent player I think they were expecting when they acquired him from Phoenix in that KD deal. And, uh, to the biggest culprit of not playing up to their game, Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, he looked good in that win over the thunder but in the over the thunder but he's been mia the last two losses and this team seems to go as he goes when he does well the team seems to do well mccall feeds him off feeds off him very well but let's see if dinwiddie can turn it around help the nets turn it around their next three games clippers knicks wolves so this two game losing streak could jump to five real quick or the nets will win all three it's rolling the dice with this brooklyn that team who knows like thomas could go and throw a 45 point night and they'll get a win or You'll have three guys go 0 for 24 or whatever. It's it's a weird one with the Nats. But they're not last in the Atlantic. We'll go to the team that is, the Toronto Raptors. 1-3 this past week. They lost a close one to Sacramento in which they were down early and almost pulled off a comeback. Eight players in double figures in that one. Staying out west, they'd go into the Bay Area and stomp the Warriors. Then they had two games in L.A., and neither of them went particularly well. The first one with the Lakers. There'd be some controversy in that one. Lakers had 23 free throws in the fourth quarter. The Raptors had two. For the game, the Lakers shot 36 to the Raptors, 13. And it was a one-point loss. There was a buzzer beater at the end that made it one point. That didn't really much do with it. But it was, it was a fucking close game. And this caused a fantastic rant by rant, uh, Raptors coach Darko Rajakovic. Ra- Ra- he, he went off. He just went off about how unfair the officiating was, how the game was crap. Said it was not fair how Scotty Barnes, a potential future face of this league, was getting no respect, going to the hoop, not flopping like the other team. And he said if, next time if the refs just want to give the game away, let them know so they don't have to show up. I loved it, you know. I loved all of it. Supporting his team, backing his players up. It was a little one-sided. I, I was watching, I was like... 
what? What is going on? But, I mean, the biggest one was obviously Emmanuel Quickly when he got his sixth foul, and it was the softest elbow that ended up not only being his sixth foul, but it was upgraded to a flagrant foul. The game really blew up in that fourth, but... uh, Anthony Davis had a lot to do with that, too, but we'll talk more of that when we get to the Lakers. But, yeah, the whole rant from Darko ended up costing him $25,000. But as a player, you got to love your coach backing you up like that. Truth hurts sometimes, I guess. Uh, but anyway, the Raptors would still have to play cl- the Clippers in L.A., and they went up against Kawhi, the guy that led the Raptors to their first and only NBA title. The Raptors didn't have Siakam in this one, and they kept it close, but they just couldn't come all the way back. They were right there. There, R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly have been playing great since they've come come since they've joined the team, and people scoffed at Darko saying Scotty B, future face of the NBA. But look at the numbers; he's not far off. He's he's putting up big numbers. This guy. Some people said, "Really, you picked this guy over Jalen Suggs in the draft?" But hey, it's it's looking pretty good right now. You gotta love Scotty B. Um, but, yeah, they currently sit outside the playing spot, and they have some doozies coming up. They play the Jazz today. That could be a tough one. Then they have the Celtics, Heat, and Bulls. So we'll see what these Raptors are made of. They're going to be hurting without Jakob Pertl, who's going to miss some time here. But the big question is Pascal Siakam. Will he be moved? Will he be a Raptor still? You know, the trade deadline's coming up, not too far away. And Masai Ujiri, I hope he's got some phone chargers because his phone must be ringing nonstop. Uh, we'll leave the Atlantic for good here, I guess. Going to the Central Division, starting with the number two seated Eastern number two in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks. Sorry, there they went one and two this past week, losing a close one to the Rockets before taking a beating from the Jazz. And they had that national televised game I alluded to earlier, where they spanked the Celtics. And I still stand behind this pick to win the NBA championship this year, despite this. Little uh, bit of mediocrity going on. Giannis called the team out, everyone down to the equipment manager, which was, of course, trolled by the Jazz after their win, posting a picture with their equipment manager. But all jokes aside, this team is a real threat to win the NBA championship. They're still developing. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, we're not quite halfway through the season. We're getting there, and Dame and Giannis are figuring it out. It's still defensively. This team's got to get a little better in the you got to look up in their rearview mirror in this division as I'll get to these other two teams that are chasing them. They're getting pretty good. The division's stepping up, but this is still the cream of the crop in the division. Don't worry about the mediocrity that they've been showing. Just look at what they did against the Celtics. I know the Celtics were coming in on that back-to-back, but regardless, still fear the deer a little. It's not hunting season yet, as other people have tried to say but uh, next up in this tough central division as of late the indiana pacers been playing some pretty good ball lately even with the scare they had to their star tyrese halliburton they won eight of their last 10 they went three and one this past week they destroyed the hawks by 34 then they had two straight games against the celtics i mentioned earlier the celtics had won that first one the pacers held their own on to win that second one but in that game, Halliburton, like I said, that injury, he went down after 13 minutes. He did the splits. It looked bad. He had to get help to the locker room. You're like, oh, goodness, I hope he's not out a long time. Hamstring sprain, the remaining optimistic few weeks. They'll kind of check it out. Hopefully he's back. 
big collective sigh of relief for that. Nobody wants to see injuries, especially to a guy who's having a year like he is. And it was amazing how the Pacers held on to the win despite him going out. Like I said, he only played 13 minutes. Canadian Benedict Matherin was huge off the bench, scoring 26 points in that win. And the Pacers beat up on the Wizards in the next game. We know what Halliburton does for this team, how important he is. Who's going to step up in his absence? You know, they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of guys averaging double figures. You know, plenty of capable players. Maybe Benedict Matherin. At the beginning of the year, that was my on-the-limb picking to win uh, most improved player. But maybe that's a bit of a wild card right now. But he can blossom getting some more minutes. I imagine TJ McConnell will, McConnell will get more time. He's a steady point guard. Not a lot of turnovers. And he's going to set up all these players. Oh. Sorry, quick sip of water there. We'll go from Indiana to Cleveland. Cavs are dealing with some injuries, but they're uh, brushing it off, you know. Winners of four in a row. They went 3-0 and this past week as they try to keep up with the Pacers and the Bucks in this tough central. The Cavs, they beat up on the Wizards before winning a very close one over the Spurs. Then they'd fly over to Paris. They beat up on the Nets in the beautiful France, French city. Mitchell had been playing pretty great since coming back from injury, dropping 45 points and 12 boards in the city of light. I mentioned those injuries this team's been dealing with. That big man Evan Mobley still said to be out another six to eight weeks. Darius Garland was hoping to come back soon from his jaw surgery, but they're saying that's still a few weeks away. And to make matters worse, Max Struess only played seven minutes in France against the Nets. He's been dealing with a sore knee. Hopefully he can recover from that. Mitchell's continuing to lead this team, and you cannot applaud Jared Allen enough for what he's doing in the middle, holding down that front court. And also, shout out to Karis LeVert. You know, he's like, don't forget about me for six man of the year. You know, he's coming off the bench doing great things. He'll give him scoring one night. He'll give him distributing. He had a double-double off the bench with points and assists. So depending on need, he'll do what they got to do. Very impressive for this team to do what they're doing despite all those injuries. And you know, another hot team in the Central, the Chicago Bulls. They went 3-0 and this past week. Everyone was doing well in this division, it seems, you know. Uh, seemed like Billy Donovan was trying something new as Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic were coming back from injury. He had them coming off the bench. It helped out in the win against the Hornets. They had a rematch with the Hornets that went to overtime that they pulled out as well. But, you know... Uh, they go to overtime another night, back-to-back overtimes, this time against the Rockets. Billy Donovan switched it up, inserting Levine and Vucevic back in the lineup. Same result. They look good together as they beat the Rockets. Maybe they figured it out now, you know? Maybe that time off, they were watching some film, got something figured. But one thing for sure, in Levine's absence, Kobe White stepped up. He's blooming. He's a late bloomer from what we expected him as a first-round pick, but he's blooming the shit this season, you know. Sneaky pick for most improved player of the year, you know. I love his game. love how he's developed. Like I said, it looked like maybe Levine was watching tape on how to play along him, and they're looking they're looking good. Good ones who punch. DeMar's got a little bit of a reduced role, but it seems to be working right now. You're, I'm digging the bulls right now. They're looking good. We'll go to the basement division. I guess not everyone in the division is doing that well. Detroit went 0-4 this past week on a six-game winning losing streak. Sorry, since breaking their record-tying 28-game losing streak. They uh, lost a close one to the Golden State Warriors before getting blown out in the Mile High City. Then they had a hell of a first quarter against the Kings. They were leading 47-29 after the first quarter, but you don't go on 28-game losing streaks for nothing, and they fell apart after that, and they ended up losing to the Kings by 21 
You're up 18 after one quarter, you end up losing by 21. That's Detroit this season, you know? They follow that loss up by getting blown out by my Spurs. Haven't got a lot of wins this season, but... They weren't only losing on the court, but they were losing in the training room. Their only real consistent player all year, Cade Cunningham, he'd leave the Nuggets game after only 11 minutes with a knee injury. Well, hopefully it's nothing serious. They're saying they'll revisit that in a week. Hopefully he can come back in that time frame. Hopefully they can end the six-game losing streak soon before it gets really out of control again. They got a good matchup with the Wizards on a Martin Luther King Day, so hopefully they can snag that one. Otherwise, they're going to start getting in the double digits again, and you're like... What's the two, what's the, maybe they might get history for the longest losing streaks by one team in one season. If they had two 28 game losing streaks, that's some kind of record. So you don't want that. (laughs) Uh, Finishing up the Eastern Conference, we'll go to the Southeast Division. There are two teams tied atop that division, but we'll start in the title of a Will Smith song, Miami. The Heat went one and two this past week. Lose on the road to the Suns before returning home and beating a tough Rockets team. And they'd have a great battle with the OKC Thunder, but come up a little short. They've been playing pretty well without Jimmy Butler being in the lineup for these two losses against some good teams this past week. But optimistic news is uh, Butler's been upgraded to doubtful for the next game, so he's inching back to coming back. He's missed the past five games with a toe issue, and... Like I said, they've done well in his ups, in his absence, but they're uh, obviously a better team with Jimmy out there. And the uh, one shining spot, another shining spot, they've got a few, I guess, but Yamayaka Jr. can't talk enough about this rookie. He'd be, everybody would be talking about him if it wasn't for Holmgren and Wemby. And we had a little duel with uh, Yakez Jr. going up against Wemby in that Heat Thunder game. It was really good to watch. Like, this guy, 18th pick in the draft. What a steal. Good work by the Heat. And more good work by the Heat. Paying their coach. Giving him what he's worth. Eric Spolstra signed an eight-year contract extension worth at least $120 million. Could be more. Keeping one of the longest-tenured coaches locked up even longer. And big shout-out for their timing of it. Waiting for his divorce to be finalized before signing this. So you know he's just getting the money. Very clever. Well done by the Heat there, but <coughs> excuse me. We'll go to the team the Heat's tied with at the top of that Southeast Division uh, and the team they're playing today, the Orlando Magic. Magic went two and one this past week, won a tight one in Denver, which came down to a. They were down for 18 in that game. They came all the way back to win. Paulo Bancaro, he balled out in that one. 32 points, 11 assists, 10 boards, and that triple double. Mo Wagner stepped up in that one. The Magic would then win a close one in OT over Atlanta. They come up flat in a big, highly anticipated match with the Wolves and lose that one. And they played all three of those games without shooting guard friends Wagner. He's missed the last three with that ankle injury he picked up in their win over the Kings. It's uh, now still be out at least for the game against the Heat. And uh, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, and mentioned him earlier, Franz's brother, Mo Wagner, they've been stepping up and out of nowhere. Shout out to Canadian Caleb Houston. He's been playing fantastic. Mississauga, Ontario, he's been doing great with the minutes he's been getting. Shout out to Orlando's front office. They seem to have found some good ones here. And uh, we'll leave Florida. We'll go to Georgia. We'll talk with the Hawks. They went 1-2 and two this past week, getting blown out by the Pacers I mentioned to earlier. They lost that close one to the Magic, which I also alluded to. But then they would win that surprise uh 
win over the Sixers. I know they didn't have Embiid, but it went to OT. It was a good game, real team effort. The Hawks had six guys score at least 15 in that one, three at 25 or more. I mentioned Kobe White as a sneaky pick for most improved because I think we need to be talking about Jalen Johnson getting it more. His game is improving right in front of our eyes since he come back from injury. Like against Philly, he almost had a triple double, twenty five points, sixteen boards, seven assists. Say it again, Jalen Johnson for most improved player. Let's get this going. Massive addition by subtraction. This guy, you know, his minutes is they've climbed since they got rid of John Collins. You know, sometimes getting rid of a guy opens it up for another guy and he's done great things with it the thing with the hawks is they're consistently bad at defense you know it's hard to get those wins when you're letting the other team score so much they got some matchups with the wizards and spurs coming up so that could equate to some wins but they have another game with the pacers and they'll be looking to get some revenge after that 34 beat down 34 point beat down they took uh Go from Georgia to North Carolina. The Charlotte Hornets went 0-3 this past week, losing two straight to the Bulls, I mentioned. And then they'd uh, the one went to overtime where they came up short, and then they'd get blown out by the Kings at home. So they're doing what they can to stay afloat without star LaMelo Ball. Rozier and Bridges, they've been the main guys. And number two overall pick, Brandon Miller, he's still showing flashes, but optimism has appeared on the Hornets' display screens. Their star may be returning today against my Spurs. This is exciting. LaMelo Ball, he's been out the last 20 games with a right ankle injury. Had to put the ball jersey on. Buzz City, see if he uh, comes back. I know I'm a Spurs fan, but I love watching LaMelo Ball play. When he first came in the league, I'm like, is he all flash? He's got more than flash. He's a legit player, and they need him. It'll be good to see him play with Terry Rozier because... Just as Ball got hurt, Terry Rozier was coming back. So we barely got to see these guys playing with each other, you know. Big man Mark Williams is still out, unfortunately, with his back injury. But I'm hoping once he gets back, you'll have Lob City out there. LaMelo throwing up the bridges, Miller, Williams. It'll be exciting times. So let's hope LaMelo can come back and stay back. <laughs> Wrapping up the Eastern Conference, we go to the basement of the Southeast. The Wizards, they went 0-4 this past week and are rocking a six-game losing streak. They lost big to the Cavs and Knicks, and they were actually in the game with a tough OKC Thunder, but they lost by eight. Then they'd lose by eight to a good Pacers team without Halliburton. But Jordan Poole, he's been stepping up the last few games, which is nice because he's been struggling before that. Uh, yeah, it's been Jordan paddling pool for sure. But he stepped it up now. He's back up to Olympic size with these last few games. But at least there's been some consistency on this team. Kyle Kuzma, I mentioned how good of a season he's been having despite the lack of wins. And Denny Avdia, he's been he's been really consistent. There's been talks that he might get moved. I don't know why they'd want to move this guy. He's, he seems like a really good player, but this team struggles defensively. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And... Uh, it's hard to get wins, like I was saying with the Hawks, if you can't stop people. The only bright spot for the Wizards is, uh, you know, the Pistons have been really bad, and that's kind of taken some uh, spotlight off their bad play. But that's enough for the East. We're going out West, starting in the Northwest with the number one team in the Western Conference, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, still at this point in the season. They went 2-2 two and two this past week in some very tough games. They blew out the Rockets in Houston, but then they'd uh, fall in a close one to the Mavericks a few nights later. Then they'd go into Orlando, beating a tough Magic team, who I mentioned earlier was missing Franz Wagner. And then they'd win a thrilling game in, or uh, they'd be in a thrilling game with the Celtics that I mentioned earlier, sorry, that they lost in overtime, but... 
Despite those tough losses to tough opponents, this team continues to look the real deal. No fluke here. Continue to have the best defensive rating in the league, and I still think, you know, they have the best front court with Towns, Gobert, and Nas Reed coming off the bench. And Edwards, he's the consistent, swaggy leader that you need. I love Carl Anthony Towns. His assertiveness this season. It's just great. When he threw that dunk down on Mo Wagner in that game against the Magic, his emotion, the way the team reacted, I'm loving seeing that out of Cat. you got to continue to throw Chris Finch's name in that Coach of the Year hat. And let's not forget about Anthony Edwards in that MVP chatter. Next up in the Northwest, you got the Oklahoma City Thunder, the number two seed in the conference. You know, I'm constantly talking about it. I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan. I love watching Canada's team, the Raptors. Must mad respect, man. But, man, I love this Oklahoma City Thunder team. Probably one of my favorite teams to watch, you know. And, you know, it's not just because Shea Gildas, Alexander, the Canadian. That's a big part. And I still think he's one of the best players in the league, but... Man, this Thunder team, they went 3-1 and one this past week. They were shocked in Brooklyn, which I alluded to earlier when the Nets beat them. Then they stringed off three straight wins, winning a close game in D.C. Then they won a tight one in Miami, where you had that homegrown Yakeds battle. Then the Thunder returned home and totally embarrassed the Portland Trailblazers for the worst loss of the season. They beat the Blazers by 62 points. Yeah, 62. <laughs> I didn't say that wrong. Gildas Alexander, he had 31 points in 21 minutes. Josh Giddy, triple-double in 22 minutes. Jalen J-Dub Williams out of Santa Clara, 21 points in 19 minutes. What they did in such little time. It, a straight-up murder, son. <laughs> a good game to spread the minutes around like butter on toast. You know, they spread it around. Everyone got in on it. The Thunder team, they look like they're going to do damage in the playoffs with the second youngest roster in the league. How messed up is this? It's amazing, though. You got SGA, your Canadian leader. You, and I even talked about Chet Holmgren, another alien like Wembenyama. He changes the game. He impacts it on both ends of the ball. His shot blocking, with his three-pointers. It's it's amazing. You, if you haven't been watching the Thunder, come on. You got you got some catching up to do. Get on it. There's plenty of time to catch up. Grab your popcorn. They got some games coming up against the Magic, the Lakers, the Clippers, and those Jazz. Some good stuff. Check out the Thunder. Next up in this division and in the conference, number three seeded Denver Nuggets. The defending champs went one and two this past week. They gave up an 18-point lead to the lose to the Magic. That was a tough one, but they followed that up with a big win over Detroit. And they were shocked by the Jazz. A lot of Jazz shocking going on. But, uh, yeah, they uh, despite losing two of the last three of this team, still won seven of the last ten. They continue to get tested, and they got some tough games coming up. Got the Pelicans and Pacers before going on the road to Philly. Not sure if Embiid will be in that one. But some exciting games, and Jokic continues to put up MVP numbers, but his scoring, you might notice, has come down a little bit. He hasn't been struggling. It's coincided with the improved scoring of Jamal Murray, who's returned from injury and starting to look like the Murray we know and love. But uh, it's good to see him back on the floor again. I wouldn't be worried about the defending champs. Uh, we'll see how they land out, how they handle those upcoming games I just alluded to. But uh, finally, we'll get to that team I've mentioned a few times throughout this episode. The Utah Jazz went 3-1 and one this past week, doing it against some pretty stiff competition. Uh, they lost big to the Celtics in Boston, but they then go on to Philly, beating up on that Embiid-less Sixers team. They went into my Milwaukee and beat the title favorite Bucks by 16. 
scene. Then they'd return home and defeat the defending champs. So much like white people in the 1930s were asking, what's the deal with jazz? Well, the jazz are healthy. That's a huge difference. Lori Marketing continues to show the world why he's an all-star. Colin Sexton in the starting lineup is like releasing a pit bull on a mailman. It gets crazy. He's, he's a dog, as they say, but Jordan Clarkson returning to the bench. I cannot preach enough what a good move Will Hardy did there. It's paying dividends. Clarkson throwing his name in that suddenly popular hat for sixth man of the year. This team is young. They're deep. They're willing to run through a wall for their young coach. Really fun team to watch. And I'm glad they've worked their way up to almost being 500. They're at 19 and 20 as of this recording. Let's keep playing the Jazz. Wrapping up the Northwest, we go to the Portland Trailblazers. They went 1-3 and three this past week, getting blown out by the Mavericks. They bounce back for an OT win in Brooklyn over the Nets. They follow that up with a beatdown via the Knicks before that monumental thrashing I mentioned earlier. That 62-point drubbing at the hands of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm sure Chauncey Billups just threw that video in the garbage if there was actually video anymore. I'm sure it's all digital, but... Uh, yeah, this team's kind of in a weird place right now. They're thin up front with DeAndre Ayton still out with his in the injury. Ozzy, 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 do up wreath is doing what he can to hold the fort down, but they've been exposed a bit in the paint in their recent struggles, you know, and uh, they got a lot of wing players coming back from inj- injury, and suddenly there's a log jam in the backcourt, and they've been pushing Scoot Henderson much more, which is good for development, but not always good for the wins. You got Malcolm Brogdon there. He's a good mentor. He's Doing, he's being a good professional, but you wonder, like, are they going to keep him as a mentor? Are you going to let this guy go to a contender? Deadline, like I said, is coming up February 8th, so we'll see what Portland does here. Are they going to stand still or are they going to make some moves? Leaving the Northwest, we go to the Pacific, start with the division-leading L.A. Clippers. They've been one of the best teams in the league since Russell Westbrook took, Westbrook took one for the team and decided to go to the bench. That selfless move and this developing chemistry has made the Clippers one of the most dangerous teams in the league right now. They went 3-1 and one this past week, beating a hot Pelicans team before losing a tight one in the city-rivaled Lakers matchup. And they'd uh, take that loss out on the Suns by beating them by 27, even without Kawhi Leonard playing. But then Leonard would return to the lineup to play his old team, the Raptors, and the Clippers would pull that one off late. Like I said, this team's collecting right now, and with Kawhi Leonard back, this team, they they can think title, I think. PG and Harden are playing great right now. I mentioned Westbrook's selflessness earlier. Mason Plumlee, he followed suit. He was returning from injury, and he went and he asked Ty Lue. He said, you know what, you don't have to throw me right back out there and throw this off. Daniel Tice is doing a hell of a job. Let's Let's roll with this. Not all t- not all people say that. Those are the kinds of things you hear on title contending teams. So we'll see how this transpires. They got some big games coming up and uh, against Minnesota and then one against the Thunder. That should be really exciting. I mentioned Popcorn earlier. Make sure you grab it for that game. Next in the Pacific, Sacramento Kings. They went 3-1 and one this past week, winning that close one against the Raptors. They follow that up by losing by 33 to the Pelicans. Womp, womp. But then they had some easier games and took advantage of them. They blew out the Pistons. They blew out the Hornets. Kings are a damn good team, and I'm not sure what happened to the Pelicans. I wouldn't worry about that little guy. But uh, they definitely did not show up that game. Sabonis has been balling out, getting three triple-doubles in his last five games. That's amazing out of your center, by the way. (laughs) Excuse me. 
De'Aaron Fox continues to play like one of the best point guards in the league. Keegan Murray stepped his game up. Malik Monk, he's, uh, I don't know if he's currently wearing the sixth man of the year hat, but it's a tight race there, I said. Kervin Her- Kevin Herter, he's had an awful season. It's kind of got worse. Minutes into the game with the Hornets, he hurt his ankle. Seconds into the game. So it's unclear how long he'll be out, but it's tough go for a guy having a really tough season. Hopefully he can turn it around. I don't know what you get, and he's just in a slump. We'll leave California. We'll go to the desert. We'll talk Phoenix Suns. They went 2-2 two and two this past week. They hosted the Heat and beat them before losing to a Morantless Grizzlies team. They'd follow that up by going to L.A. and getting blown out by the Clippers, but then they bounced back and beat the Lakers. This team is still trying to find themselves, you know. They they showed signs of what they can be in that Lakers win. Bradley Beal, he's trying to find his way back, and he found the shit out of things against the Lakers, getting hot early, going for 37 in that game, a game high. He made Austin Reeves look like he was on skates defensively. You know, that Laker game had lots of positives, but just as many positives you had there, you had as many negatives in that Clippers game where people, the sky is falling. This big three's barely played together. Let's give it some time. Look at everyone shitting on the Clippers when they were struggling. I, I was like, hey, is this going to work? I was a little hesitant on that thing working, and it's looking pretty damn good right now. Let's give it some time. Charles Barkley said maybe Beal should come off the bench like Westbrook does with the Clippers, and I don't know if Beal had a listening device while he was warming up and heard that, but that 37-point performance said, hey, maybe let's calm down a bit on that. Let's see this team develop. Uh We'll leave the desert and we'll go back to L.A. Lakers went 2-2 two and two this past week. They were beaten up on a, by the Grizzlies and uh, what could be Morant's, or what will be Morant's last appearance of the season. I'll get more on that later. They'd bounce back, winning a close one over the Clippers, and then they'd hold on to that dramatic win over the Raptors that prompted uh, Darko Ryakovich to go on a rant and get a $25,000 bill for his service. And then... Uh, Lakers follow that up with a stinker against the Suns where no one could guard Beal or Booker. This team has not lived up to expectations since winning the end-season tournament. You can't put any of it on Anthony Davis, though. He's playing some damn good basketball. Like Shaq said, it's the others right now, you know. Austin Reeves, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince. You guys need to step up, you know. Maybe Darvin Ham needs to go a little more Russell, a little more Max Christie, you know. Having Rui Hachimura out with a calf strain isn't helping things. AD, though, he's doing pretty damn well. Knock on wood, he's staying in the games. He's putting up some big numbers. LeBron's doing phenomenal, especially for a guy in his 21st season. But you can't rely on that whole time. The door of opportunity is knocking. Which Laker is going to answer? That's the real question. But we'll wrap up the Pacific with the constant basement dwellers of this division, the Golden State Warriors. They went 1-2 and two this past week, barely holding on to beat the Detroit Pistons. They were then blown out in back-to-back games at home. Trounced by the Raptors and then given the worst beating in the Steve Kerr era by the Pelicans, a 36-point loss, where they're getting booed at home. And, you know, they kind of deserve the booing with the way they were playing. Things have be- definitely looked better for the Warriors. Uh, Curry has usually been doing his thing all he can to keep them in games, but he had a stinker, a nine-point game against the Raptors in that loss. Clay and Wiggins have been so inconsistent. Kaminga has shown flashes. But he's been frozen out at times, even enough to the point where he's questioned whether Coach Steve Kerr will allow him to reach his full potential, which has prompted backlash from people saying, hey, let's slow down a bit. And even Kerr said, hey, I played 15 years in the NBA, and I was frustrated with playing time for 15 of them. 
But hey, the league has reinstated Dr- Draymond Green from the his suspension for his chokes and punches, and uh, he said he's going to tone down his antics. So I don't know. Can uh, this old dog learn new tricks? We'll see. It, his exact date of his return to the lineup has not been determined, but we'll see what kind of changing he can do. Because if he doesn't, his career's done, right? So, uh, so much uncertainty for a franchise that you could usually pencil in for championship basketball. So, I honestly don't know what they're going to do going forward. You have a mashup of youth and veterans in this. It's turning into a spoiled margarita, this mixture, and I, I, th- I think they're banking on Draymond Green coming back and being some kind of super glue to hold the team together for one last hurrah, but I'm not too confident in that. We'll see, though. The Warriors, they can surprise you. They got some wily vets and some youngsters, but how they gel together, we'll see. And maybe Draymond will snap in one of these games. I don't know. There's lots to see. I think he'll be good coming back, but if they start continuing to lose i don't know i don't know we'll see (laughs) we'll wrap up these team breakdowns with our last division here in the southwest we'll start with the division leading pelicans the six-seeded team in the western conference shows you how fucking tight the west is the pals went two and one this past week losing a tough one to the clippers but they bounced back with two thrashings 33 point 33 point beat down of the kings in sacramento followed by a 36 point thrashing of the warriors the last two reminders of what this team can do when they're clicking. That big three of Zion, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum is one of, if not the best in the league. You know, this depth is great. The depth can defend. Everybody wants to defend, and they're long. They're all so long. <laughs> Plus, you got to shout out former Raptor, Jonas Valachunas. He's been really playing some great ball late. So, big shout out to JV. And head coach Willie Green has been saying he's loving the way the team's been playing. And you can't blame them. They're moving the ball. They're looking like the team I expected to win the in-season tournament when I said that a while ago. But anyway, they're looking good, and these Pelicans are ready to continue to soar. You know, they're leading the division right now. But we'll go to the team that's right there with them, the Dallas Mavericks. They went 3-1 and one this past week, throttling the Blazers by 36 in a game without Luka. They'd follow that up with a tough home win over the Timberwolves where Luka returned, and he dropped 34 while Kyrie Irving at 35. And then uh, Luka and Kyrie would go for 30 again, but they'd get blown out by a Morantless Grizzlies team. Luka would miss the next game against the Knicks, and it didn't seem to matter as the Mavs were up 21 in that one, but they almost threw it away. They need some heroics from Kyrie Irving and some big shots from Hardaway Jr. to win that. But let me tell you, you know, there's a lot of good players in the NBA right now, but when Kyrie Irving is cooking... They say, you know, there's basketball can be kind of like poetry. Some sports can, and they can. And when Kyrie Irving is cooking, it is poetry. It is beautiful to watch. I, It was phenomenal. The guy went for 44 points and 10 assists, his dribbling, his pull-ups. It's so amazing. And his finishing off the backboard. I heard it in an All the Smoke uh, podcast they had on... Uh, Amon Shumpert, and he said the reasoning on Kyrie being so good at those finishings, like with his finger rolls and how he gets those crazy English on with the angles, it's because he played on backboards that were all beaten up and had holes in them, so you'd have to spin it off what was there. Just crazy how that all worked out. Kyrie Irving, just I love how he's fitting here. This team, when they got Kyrie and Luka on the floor and Hardaway coming off the bench rather than starting... 
I think they're a title contender. You know, they're still missing rookie pogo stick, Derek Lively, who's out with that ankle injury. But they got some games against the Pelicans. They got a game against the Lakers in L.A. So after this week, we'll see who's leading the Southwest here. We'll stay in Texas, you know, for the Houston Rockets, one and three this past week. They had some really tough games, though. They were blown out by the Timberwolves. They responded by beating the Bucks. And then they'd go on the road, lose a tough one to the Heat Miami before falling in overtime to the Bulls in Chicago. Shangun, Alperin Shangun continues his amazing play, and I think he needs to be in the All-Star game. Um, and despite their three losses this week, they played good ball. Like I said, they've had some tough games I alluded to. Fred Van Vliet, he's put up some big numbers the last two games. Jabari Smith, he's continuing to do a little bit of everything, and uh, I'm loving how he's playing. This team's learning on the fly, taking some losses, getting some wins. You know, they're the sixth best defensive rating team in the NBA. And when you play like that, you're in every game. A lot of dogs on this team, and they're all trying to get released. I don't envy Ime Adoka's job on spreading these minutes out. He's doing a hell of a job, and he needs to be in the talk of the coach of the year. You know, we'll see, depending on where they finish in the standings, will dictate that, obviously. But... You know, I I wouldn't imagine the Rockets at this point in the season being ahead of the Lakers and Warriors, right? Like, kudos to them. To leave Texas, to go uh, to Memphis here, the Grizzlies went 3-0 and this past week. They beat up on the Lakers in L.A., but that was the last we'll see of John Moran. I mentioned that earlier. The superstar point guard is playing some great ball since returning from that 25-game suspension, but he suffered a torn labrum in his right shoulder at practice. Requires season-ending surgery, and it's a massive blow to a Grizzlies team, a Grizzlies team who has been dealt with some injuries all season. Marcus Smart missed those 17 games earlier. Derrick Rose missed time. You got Steven Adams and Brandon Clark out for the year. But despite all that, Grizzlies don't complain. You know, they came out and balled. They start life without job by beating the Suns and blowing out the Mavericks in Dallas. And that Suns game, Jaron Jackson Jr. had 28, Marcus Smart 25, Desmond Bain 23. That game against the Mavs, they didn't even have Jaron Jackson, but they didn't need him. Bain and Smart balled out, and they blew him out. This Grizzlies team, they're not quitting on Coach Jenkins. They... They're, they're fun to watch. Despite the adversity they're going through, they're still out there balling. Like I said, 3-0 this past week. They're doing what they can. Even with that news of losing your guard, your superstar for the year, kudos to them. Um, wrapping this week's team breakdowns down here. San Antonio, talk about my Spurs. They went 1-1. One one. They only had two games this past week. You had the Celtics with five. You had the Spurs with two. Anyway, uh, they lost a close one to the Cavs there. Where late in the fourth, Wemby got it about foul line. And he made the nice pass to Sohan, who threw the ball away, which wasn't good. And I wondered if he just was a little more selfish there, because who's going to block him at that foul line? He can probably hit that in the sleep. But, you know, he made the right pass to the guy who you thought was going to go up for it. Allen was lurking of the Cavs, but... Anyway, I'm not going to break down that whole play, but regardless, the Spurs are in games late. They follow that up by blowing out the Pistons, which was a nice win. Victor Wembanyama got his first career triple-double, hopefully first of many. The number one overall pick, he's averaging a double-double right now, 19.2 points a game, 10.2 rebounds, leading the league in blocks at 3.2, and he's averaging 1.2 steals a game. This young Spurs team, they're taking their lumps. They're learning on the fly as well as other teams are. But uh, if you're not watching the Spurs and you're like, these games are below, it's at least watch Wemben Young. When you see some of the shit he does, it's amazing. But, hey, we're 11 weeks into the season. How are you feeling about your team? I'm feeling 
I'm feeling optimistic about the future. Not so much now, but hey, a Wemby triple-double. We witnessed it. And he barely played any minutes in that one. So very exciting stuff. The NBA is looking good. Some injuries have been buzzkill. Players coming back like this man, LaMelo Ball, Buzz City. Hornets should be fun to watch with him coming back. Hopefully Embiid can get back on the floor. Jimmy Butler's supposed to be coming back soon. Hopefully these guys are back. I hate injuries. I hate them. But uh, let's go to some stats portion. I mentioned Embiid. Let's start with him. The Philly big man still leading the league in points per game. 34.6. You have three other players averaging over 30 per game in order. You got Dallas's Luka Doncic, Thunder's SGA, Milwaukee's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Rebound leader, you got Sacramento's DeMantis Sabonis at 12.7. Two other guys over 12. You got Minnesota's Rudy Gobert and Anthony Davis of the Lakers. No change in our assist leader, Tyrese Halliburton, continue to rock that at 12.5 a game. Despite his recent injury, we'll see uh, how he is when he comes back from that. Trey Young, he's the only other player averaging double-digit assists at 11 per game. Defensive side, you got Oklahoma City's SGA leading the league still, 2.3 steals per game. Donovan Mitchell just behind him at 1.9. I mentioned it earlier, shot block leader is Spurs rookie Victor Wembanyama at 3.2 per game. Just behind him, you got Brooke Lopez of the Bucks, Utah's Walker Kessler off the bench, by the way. LA's Anthony Davis and fellow rookie, OKC, fellow alien, Chet Holmgren. But hey, basketball is a team sport. Let's go to the Ren City Top 5. Break it down for you. Number 1, the Boston Celtics. Number 2, Oklahoma City Thunder. 3, Denver Nuggets. 4, Minnesota Timberwolves. And 5, Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, I still have the Celtics at number 1, despite that beatdown by the Bucks. But hey, you take that second night of the back-to-back out of this, and the, the Celtics are playing so good. Like I said, their only weaknesses right now appear to be themselves. I'm sticking with the Thunder at the number two spots because they've consistently been doing their thing with SGA and the others, as Shaq calls them, but these others are not ordinary others in OKC. I'm sticking with the Nuggets in the third spot because they have looked like worthy defending champions. They had that letdown against the Magic late, and they underestimated the Rising Jazz, as some others have. But they've been a really good team, you know. In the fourth spot, I have the Timberwolves rising one spot. They're still leading the Western Conference. Even though they've lost a few there, they were right there in those games. It's one of the best teams in the league, and they need to be on this list. And then I wrap up the top five with the Bucks. They did literally just destroy the number one team on this list. Uh, they have had a few letdowns, but they're still a title contender putting it together. And, uh, yeah, there you go, Ren City top five. Only real changes were Philly dropping off the list, Minnesota moving up a spot, Milwaukee popping in. But, hey... Top 3D remained unchanged. And we'll go back to some individual glories. This MVP race. It's it's a tight race here. You got OKC, Shea Gilgis, Alexander. He's still leading my race. I have him leading the race. Joel Embiid, his recent injuries, not helping him in this race. Nikola Jokic, like I said, his scoring numbers have dropped with Jamal Murray's numbers increasing. Giannis and Luka, they're doing what they can to be right in that race. With Kawhi Leonard's back from injury, he's got to be in there. Anthony Edwards, he's got to be in there. And remember, there's that cutoff, right? You have to play a minimum of games to be involved for these awards. But I still have SGA leading my MVP leaderboard, if you would. Going to the Rookie of the Year race, I still believe Chet Holmgren of the Thunder has a slight advantage. Just what he's doing on both sides of the floor on a winning team. But I've had this argument, he's not the winning, he's not the the guy in OKC. I just mentioned the guy, Shea Gildas Alexander, being a potential MVP winner. So 
where Minyama is that guy in San Antonio. He's leading the team in points, rebounds, leading the league in blocks. So that's going to be a tight race right to the end. Miami's Yamayaka Jr. Any other year, this guy could win Rookie of the Year. He's having a damn good rookie campaign. He's just overshadowed by these monsters that are so tall and lanky. But uh, being that it's so close to the halfway part of the season, let's do some shout-outs to the other awards, potential predictions here. Coach of the Year. It's got to come down to Minnesota's Chris Finch or Indiana's Rick Carlisle. Maybe OKC's Mark Dagnall or if Houston continues to do what they do, Amaya Adoka. No one expected that. I have Finch leading that pack by a little. Sixth man of the year was a two-horse race earlier between Sacramento's Malik Monk and Dallas's Tim Hardaway Jr. But since Jordan Clarkson's gone to the bench, he's in this race. And like I said, Cleveland's Karis LeVert he does so much for them off the bench. Last trophy I'll mention, most improved. I'm really hoping Jalen Johnson of Atlanta. I don't think he's getting enough love for it. And I love the Kobe White conversation in there. But I think Tyrese Tyrese Maxey of the Sixers, he's getting so much love. And he's putting up huge scoring numbers. Houston's Alperin Sangoon. Toronto's Scotty Barnes. He's the future of the league, as his coach said. But those last three guys I mentioned, Maxey, Sangoon, and Barnes, I feel like these guys were already really good and... The bigger surprise is the mirror. Atlanta's Jalen Johnson and Chicago's Kobe White, so I'm hoping it goes to one of them. But we'll see. I always like picking the underdog there, I guess. But there we are. We're 11 episodes in. 11 recaps we've done. That's It's been fun. I've been loving breaking it down, talking hoops. NBA's been good. Oh, I hope you're tuning in the NBA. If you're tuning into this, I thank you as well. Like I said, I have another podcast. It's Sports and Shorts of Sorts. It comes out every Monday. I break shit down from the NFL, soccer. Didn't get college hoops. I had to cut it out last time. Got a little long. But there's good stuff going in college hoops too. But thanks for tuning in, guys. Tune in to the NBA. Continue to love it. Thanks again for coming out. Ren City out.